hit on a couple things tonight. Um, the Lord's given us authority. Amen. Everyone in this room has been given authority, and I just want to uh, just speak to our thought life for a minute before we get going. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, I mean, second, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. I just want to just touch on a couple things dealing with our thought life. How many know that our thought life can be a stumbling block or it can be a blessing? <laughs> it's one or the other. It's a stumbling block or a, or a blessing. And so I just want to just get about, give us a perspective on, on the, the spiritual things that take place around us as we come before the Lord, as we go through our weeks daily, you know, everything that we uh, would, you know, encounter during the week. And, and the Holy Spirit wants us to get a grip on our thought life because as I speak about, I am going to speak on the blessing of the Lord. It's just going to overtake us, okay, today. And we need it to. We need to allow it to. We need to shift our mindset about the blessing of the Lord. Do you want the blessing of the Lord on your life and flowing through your life and the abundance of it on your life? So I just want to hit a couple of things. 2 Corinthians, verse 10, 3 through 5. We walk, uh, for though we walk or live according in the flesh, we are not carrying out our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Thank you, Jesus. For the weapons of our warfare are, are not carnal, but then, or I'm reading out of the, I know this by heart, so now it's messing me up. For the re, I'm reading it out of the Amplified right here, so. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for, to overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. How many want to see the overthrow and the destruction of, of strongholds? Yeah. And so in, in as much as we refute arguments, theories, reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing, it sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead, and we, and we lead every thought and our purpose away captive obedience uh, to Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And so I just, actually, I preached from this from my first senior sermon, and I totally bombed out. From that, from that scripture right there, and I'm like, man, what's happened? You go after the warfare stuff your first time out, you're dead. So I, anyway, I realized this. I just got, I'm going to declare a couple of things, and we're going to hit a couple of scriptures before I go into what I have, because I feel like if we get this down, if the church could just get this down, that we don't war against flesh and blood, but against rulers, principalities, everything we see happening in the earth, our principalities, powers, and we've talked about this before, but I feel like we need to remind ourselves because, uh, you know, even sometimes we get like in the flesh when we respond to things that we see on CNN, you know, I don't watch CNN, Fox News, whatever, you know, all the things that come across social media and those things that just flare things up inside of us that the enemy is trying to get a rise out of you and get you to spin off your access and not walk in the glory. And so here's there's just Proverbs 16, 3. I'll just say, hit these real quick. It says, commit your works to the Lord's and your thoughts will be established. 
just hold that because if we commit our works, if we commit what we do, if we commit our believing that the Lord is with us in all that we do and we put our hands to the plow and we keep pushing forward, it says that your thoughts will be established. Ah, see, there's, there's two, that's a two-edged sword. What are, what are we putting our hands to? What are we setting our minds to? What are we doing to move us in the, in the trajectory that the Lord has for us in this hour? And so that you, we have to take, that's the Proverbs, right? That's the Proverbs for the 16th day of the month, okay? I, I just really, the Holy Spirit wants us to get a hold of these things. Isaiah, we know this. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. That's Isaiah 55. We know that God's ways and his thoughts are completely different than what we think. So somehow, somewhere, we have to align ourselves with what God's thinking is for our, for our purpose, for our destiny, for our future. Everyone say, I have a beautiful future. You do. You have an amazing future ahead of you, and you just need to walk in that. Jeremiah 29, 11. We know this. We put this on our refrigerators. We put it everywhere we go. We, we know it by heart. It says that I know the thoughts that I have towards you. They're not, um, they're, yeah, we know that by heart. Thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Amen? And then we have Psalm 139. And, and there are tons and tons. If you just look up thoughts and you just do a study on thoughts, my God, your mind will be transformed, I promise you. And you'll see, you know, Jesus speaks about if our, if our thoughts are towards evil, you know, it doesn't sow a good thing. We don't reap good things when we're sowing evil thoughts. So it says this in Psalm 139. It says, how precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God, and how great is the sum of them. Now listen, we could just park right there for the night because if you begin to list the things, and I want to talk to us about actually remembering what the Lord says about us. Come on, someone needs encouragement here today. If not any of you, I do. And so I realized this, that if I think about God's thoughts towards me, his real thoughts towards me, not what I think about me or what maybe we, we might cast shame upon ourselves. There's all kinds of different ways we think about how God thinks about us. But I'm telling you, the word, the word tells us they are precious thoughts towards you. And you can't even amount the sum of them. There is no way to even consider the fullness of the thoughts that he has towards you. And they are great and they are good. And they are towards an amazing purpose at the end of your days. Amen. And then all into eternity. He's blessing you with his thought life towards you. And I started thinking about this. I'm actually taking a class on the prophetic. Like I need another class on the prophetic. But I realized this, in some of the discussion, it was talking about how God communicates and how does he communicate. Let's just th think about this. How does the enemy communicate with you? Through your thoughts. It's thoughts that you have or it's thoughts that the enemy has. When, I, when I've had encounters with angels, I don't talk to them out loud. I talk to them through my mind. Hello. When I talk to the Lord, it's his thoughts that I get. When I encounter angels, I, I encounter them and they speak to me and I think the thoughts that they're thinking. Come on, I'm going to talk about abundant supernatural stuff in a minute. 
And we need to get into this understanding that there are, there are realms and planes that God is trying to move us into so that we are aware of the fullness of what God's doing in our midst all the time. All the time. Everyone say all the time. Not just part of the time, all of the time. And I, I promise you, listen, I want his thoughts towards me. His, his thoughts are so much higher than my ways. His, his ways, like I think he's going to do something one way and he's going to do it something a completely different way that is way better than what I thought of. And his thoughts, the way he thinks, he has a crazy creative thoughts that pull us into a supernatural sphere that we don't understand and it brings us into a revelation knowledge and when we apply that knowledge something breaks and shifts and i promise you that the holy spirit in this hour is looking for people that will line up with his thoughts and i'll tell you that at the end of this whole thing because there is some place that god is taking us and so I want you to go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm preaching out of the second book of the law. Deuteronomy 28, and I'm just going to kick on the first five verses here. This is going to bring me into the next part. I'm thirsty already. Now, how many know there's blessing and obedience? There is super abundant, I'm saying, telling you, there is super abundant blessing in obedience. That means when I listen to the Lord, when I actually, ready, you don't even have to listen. You have to listen to his word. If you, if you take his word and apply his word to your life and what you're doing, I'm telling you, if you obey him, if you continue to uh, devour this word, get it into your spirit, and begin to let it birth something inside of you. There's superabundance provision behind it in every way in your life. In every way in your life. And so it says this, verse 1, it says, it, Now it shall come to pass that if you diligently obey the voice of the, of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Come on, I'm encouraged already. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall you be by the fruit of your body, the produce of the, of the ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the increase, the increase, the increase, and the offspring of your flocks. The, and then it says, bless shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Oh, just come on. We'll do verse 6 too. Bless shall you be when you come in, and bless shall you be when you go out. And I want to be blessed when I come in and when I go out. When I enter into a, uh, something that the Lord has told me to enter into, I want to be blessed. Because when God speaks to you and he says, I'm pointing you in this direction, I'm pointing you to that place, I've, I have direction and instructions for you to go this way, and you go in that way. That I go in that way. Guess what's going to happen when I go out? 
oh, come on, super abundant blessings when I leave. I'm blessed when I come in, and I'm blessed when I go out. And listen, I'm, I'm not going to take another offering tonight, I promise. But, but the reality is, as we sow into this, and I'm, ta- I'm not even talking money, I'm talking spiritual currency, I'm talking our prayer life, I'm talking reading the word, I'm talking actually practicing the gifts, because you hear the Holy Spirit say something, and then you all of a sudden respond to what he says, and you go and pray for that person, or you do whatever he says to do, it, it shifts something in the atmosphere and releases blessing. Oh, it releases favor. It releases something upon your life. And I don't care if even the outpost, the, out, the, the other side of that, if someone r- responds terribly to you, if you did it in obedience to the Lord, I'm telling you there's blessing on it anyway. Because sometimes you go and you witness to someone or you pr- ask someone to pray and they don't like what you're asking. Or sometimes you do something that someone doesn't agree with. And, and maybe your family members don't agree with it. Maybe, maybe your friends don't agree with it. But I'm telling you, because you're obeying the Lord, it begins to bring you into this place of blessing and superabundance. Amen? And so I just want you to see that when it says that the blessing of the Lord will overtake you, it actually means that it will run over you and pass over you and go through you to get ahead of you because there's blessing in front of you. And I, you know, I, I know we're, we're, we're in a, a culture that, with churches that, that speak about, you know, twisted doctrine for even giving and blessing and receiving and all this stuff. But I'm telling you, this is a principle in Scripture that the church needs to get used to so that we can flourish in the things that God has called us to. And so I'm just going to jump us back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm going to kind of leave there and we'll, we'll go from there. But Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 11. It says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. And by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command to you today, lest when you have eaten and are, of, and are full... And have beautiful houses to dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and, and all you have is multiplied. Listen, listen to God, okay? This is, this is the Lord. This is scripture. This is Deuteronomy. It's speaking. It's the Lord's voice. And it says, all these things, as you hearken my word, as you listen to what I do, everything shall be multiplied. That is not some weird prosperity doctrine. That is truth. And I guarantee you, if the church of Jesus Christ, the glorious church, the remnant that's in the earth right now, would just begin to step into this place of complete radical obedience, we would see multiplied blessings in multiple areas. We wouldn't even be able to keep up with the overtaking of the blessing that would, take on, it would come upon the church, that would come upon your family. Never mind the church. Because don't, don't you want this blessing to overtake your whole household? Fernando spoke about debt, uh, debt reduction and, 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 and 
Forgiveness, right? Is that the word, right? So I believe this. I believe that as we sow, ready? Because I'm going to teach a little about sowing. As we sow into the kingdom, as you sow into the kingdom, as you sow into the kingdom, as you sow into kingdom things, God begins to unravel debt. No, I promise you, if you tithe first, you're going to think I'm weird. I don't care. I don't. If you tithe first before you pay your debts, blessing is on your life. I promise you. This is not some weird thing to try and get you to tithe more today. I don't have enough people in here to do that. Teasing. I'm teasing. No, I'm teasing. You understand. I realize this, that God is saying if you are completely and radically obedient, watch what happens to everything else in your life. It's it's just going to come unraveled in so many good ways that you just better get ready and hold on and buckle up because the Lord wants to bring you into this monstrous, superabundant blessing. And so... So you have to just be in that place. I keep, he, he, everything, he says, your herds and your flocks. Well, we don't have herds and flocks. Well, some people might, but, but we don't, right? The Holy Spirit wants to multiply what you have and what your hands are working on. He wants to multiply that. And there's silver and gold. That means currency. Yes, it means currency. It means your money. It means your resources, He will multiply those things. Why? Because we are good stewards and we sow them in the right places. And I'm telling you, there's been so many times where I've sowed money like like I'm crazy for sowing this money right now. I don't have this money right now. That it comes back in such multiple different ways and it may not just be funds and resources and money, but it comes back in hundreds of different ways. Listen, my kids walking with Jesus is worth a million dollars, so I could have sown that It's you can't pay, I can't pay someone enough money for that. And so as we sow into the kingdom and sow into the kingdom, not into church stuff, as we sow into the kingdom, God begins to expand those things and multiplies them. It says three times multiplied. That's a trifecta. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's, there's so much return on that. It's multiplied this, it's multiplied that, and then it's multiplied that. Oh, come on, I'm excited. You should be. When you lift up, when your heart is lifted up and you forget, oh, mercy, Jesus, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land from the house of bondage. And how many times I've known friends, I've known people that chose this path because it was, pros- was going to be prosperous for them and it, and, it, and it didn't have anything to do with kingdom, but they chose that path because they, they're searching and they're looking for riches that are going to do something else and, they, and then we, we, we take the credit and it leaves us in destitute. Are you hearing me? And God wants the glory for everything. Oh, I said it. He wants the glory for everything. And I I promise you that he's looking for a people that will be continually realizing, I've been set free from the house of bondage. I've been set free from the world system, and I operate under a different system. Come on, I'm going after principalities and powers in this place tonight because God has to shake and break some things off of the, off of the, the, 
the ecclesia so that we can walk in fullness of life. And Jesus said, I'm called to live an abundant life. That's a super abundant life. That means nothing shall by any means hurt me. That I walk over serpents and scorpions like last week. I, I, I break the power of the enemy's back because I do not shrink back because I'm going to do good in the land and I'm going to watch the goodness of the Lord come upon me. And so, oh yeah, there it is. Who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which there was fiery serpents and scorpions and, and thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought you out, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock and who led you into the wilderness with manna. How many want to go to the wilderness again? Yeah, I don't, you don't want to, yeah, yeah. We don't want to go there. I'm good. Sometimes we have to hide in the wilderness to find the Lord. I know that. But please don't bring my finances there. Please don't bring the other things in my life there. I will go there willingly, but just don't bring the rest of the stuff there. Okay? Just leave it here, and I will go there, Jesus. Come on, that's what we have to say. God, I will go to the deepest place wherever you call me, but please, you know, Job, Job, even though he went into destitution, I'm telling you, he was restored everything seven times. Seven times. And so, who fed you in the wilderness with manna? And who wants manna? I don't. <laughs> it means what is it? I don't know what that is. It's mystery meat. We don't want that. We want, we want the goodness of the land. We want the goodness of the land. Which your fathers did not know. That he might humble you and that he might test you. Uh, stop it with the humble, right? Let's just stop it with the humble, God. But I'm telling you, we need to be careful not to take credit for what God's wanting all the glory for. There is nothing that you can do that can shift anything in this earth. No, there's nothing. You are not going to heal anyone. You are not going to heal anyone. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory inside of you, will lay hands on the sick through you. You will be used as, as a, a vessel. Come on, somebody, that's all you are. I know he loves you, and I know, I, I know my identity and who I am in him, but I'm telling you, you are just a vessel. And so I can't take credit for anything. Any accolades, come on, we give it to Jesus. We, we, throw down, we throw down anything that might smell of self-success, and we throw it at the feet of the cross. That he might test you and do to you good in the end. Thank you, Father. And then you say in your heart that my power and my might of my hand may have gained me wealth. Ready? I want to just focus on this verse. All that just to get here. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he, it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Not done. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is this day. And so I just want to touch on three words. Remember, power, and wealth. Remember, power, 
and wealth. And we'll just start right here with remember. I just want you to remember what God has done in your life. I just want you to remember the testimony. We talked about uh, Revelation, you know, the, by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. We, we, are, we, are, we are who we are because what he has done. And I want you to remember that Jesus Christ is the reason that anything that we touch or put our hands to, yes, we're obedience in our diligence. We, we, we step into, you know, you want to be, uh, you want to engage with the things that God says to you. You want to be uh, absolutely creative in the things that, that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. But I know this, that the Lord gives you so, like he can give you incredible ideas that were never yours, and it's because of his beautiful mind inside of you. I mean, you have a beautiful mind, don't get me wrong. But there is something that the Holy Spirit wants us to understand. He wants us to remember. That's why I said our thought life. That's why I started with our thought life. Because I want to talk about that. Because the reality is you need to remember what God has done in the past. I'm going to remember the things that he's done in the past. That's to propel me into my future. Because even what he did in the past, it's beautiful. But I have to remember it. Because I know if he did it for them, he's going to do it for us. If he did it for my, my grandparents, he can do it for us. If he did it for our forefathers in Pentecost, then he can do it for us. I'm telling you, there's something that has to happen within the body, within inside of your mind, that takes a, a mental note. God, you've done so many amazing things, and I just want to thank you. Come on, that old Andre Crouch song. <laughs> I won't, I can't. I just want to thank you, right? I just want to thank the Lord. I just want to thank, I'm thankful for what Jesus did. I remember what he's done. So I'm thankful for the things that he's done. I'm thankful for everything he's done in my life. I was thinking, actually, I came into reality with this this week. I get a, a, a note from some of my old friends and chasing me through social media. But one of my friends passed away that I grew up with, you know, Eight, gee, seven years old, maybe, eight years old. Ran with him all my life. Was like my brother, you know. Just got, you know, I, when I got saved, I went to the apartment. I came to the Lord Jesus. I came back to the apartment that we were both living at the time. And he looked at me. He goes, what are you looking at me like that for? I said, I'm not looking at you like any way. He goes, you just, something's on you. And it was the Spirit of God that I gave my life back to Christ. I gave myself to the Lord, and I was carrying the light of Jesus. So then I realized this, that it's the Holy Spirit that he doesn't, why are you looking at me like that? Like conviction was coming into the room. And, I, and, and so I, he passed away from overdose. I've had three other friends die of overdose, one at a time, you know. And I saw him a few years ago, and I witnessed to him. I spoke, you know, I spoke the gospel to him. I, but you can't pull people in. You've you got to allow the, the Holy Spirit to draw them in. And, and so I, it was just like, God, thank you. That was like another life. There was another world. I was in another world. I was in another whole other mindset. And I'm telling you, God has to bring you to a place where you remember where you came from. 
Will you remember the things that God has done in the past? Will you remember how he, he I, was like, I was like that, that in Joshua, like you're the brand that was picked out of the fire. I was the one that was like, God just saw me. I was the one that was supposed to be dead before I was 21. I was the one that was supposed to be in destruction before all, all the rest of them. And I say that because my soul is grieved because he didn't, he, I don't know, you don't know what happened at the end, but my soul's grieved because I want, and so now I've got people coming back to me and calling me and, and checking in with me because we were associated. And it, they're grieved. And so I just want you to remember the goodness of God in the land of the living. Remember how he got you through even the difficult times because you have to remember those things because it won't get you through the next time because you lose hope and you, you just start sitting back and saying, there is no hope because I have no hope. No, no, he got you through. He got you to here. He's going to get you to there. He got you from A to B. He'll get you to C. And so every one of us in this place has to remember that the Lord is calling us into that place where we constantly think and rehearse the goodness of what he's done in the past. I want to be totally engrossed with a thankful heart. It's Thanksgiving that I enter the doors. I want to go beyond the veil, but Thanksgiving, when I remember and I'm thankful, I, I, you know, beyond the veil, I want to go there, but I have to get through the gate. And he is the door, but thanksgiving in my heart will pull me into the, into the court where God is. And then I can go into the place where the, where the veil is and go beyond the veil and go into deeper things in Jesus. But you, if you're not thankful, if you're not remembering the good things he's done, if you're, if you're constantly thinking about the, all the tragedy and all the, if I'm licking my wounds, come on, there's a prophet that was in Israel. You remember him. His name was Elijah. He was sitting and, and he was, he heard. The Bible says, the Bible says that he heard, he actually saw, sorry, but he saw what Jezebel's edict over his life was. She spoke it, he heard it. And really, what happened was he began to see and he began to meditate on that. And instead of meditating on who God was and what he was doing, he meditated on that and went and hid in a cave. Oh, come on. Because I know this. When the powers of darkness come and they're trying to assassinate you, you want to go hide in a cave. And you think you're the only one. Oh, I'm the only one. And God has to remind you, no, there's 7,000 others that have not bowed down. I'm telling you, and the Lord will ask you, what are you doing here? Because he asked that question twice to Elijah. First he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? You need to get out of here. And he left, and he went to the mountain, but he did not hear the voice of God until he put himself in, into his mantle. And when he put himself into that mantle, he it, it, it shut off. Come on, somebody. It shut off. The mantle of the prophet shut off the voice of Jezebel, the curse of Jezebel, the curse of the witchcraft. All these things, it shut it down. So he had to go into that secret place. It wasn't in the boom. It wasn't in the explosion. It wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in all the other big explosive things that were happening. No, no, no. It was the voice of God that got to him through him closing himself in and shutting his mind off to all the other things that were trying to invade his mind at that point come on it's good stuff 
And the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us in that way. He wants us to remember, remember what I did. Remember how I've spoken to you. Remember how he's spoken to you. Remember his words to you. You journal those things, but sometimes you got to open that thing up and read the things that he's spoken to you so you remember the things that were spoken over your life. The prophecies, Timothy, that were spoken, I, I called for you to, to stir up the gifts. And the gift of God inside of you cannot be explosive until you're encouraged a little bit. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, there has to be a place where we live in this place of remembering who God is and remembering who he called you to be. He wants you to remember. He wants you to remember. And it, it was interesting. I gave, actually, this word came out of what I gave. I, I, these are Steve's, right? So we've got to pray for Steve before the end. Steve, if you're watching, we love you. But... Those are his shoes from after the accident. So we're just going to keep, they're, they're going to stay there till he puts them on. No, that's just where I'm at with that. Spinal cord injury. We're going to remember what the Lord does. We're going to remember who he is. But I was, I was sharing some of this, I was sharing this, a, a brief with Steve, because I had a half hour, we talked about everything else, and then I said, Harry, I got a word for you. And I just spoke this, this particular thing out of, out of the Deuteronomy chapter 8. But the word power there is an interesting word, because really, if you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, it speaks of a chameleon. I'm like, power, chameleon, what the heck does that mean? Here's what I think it means. I'm going to make it up by revelation. But if you look at the word before it, it speaks of, it speaks of all the things that you would think. It speaks of the p potential and the exerted force and, the, and the, the performance and the function of power. It speaks of uh, produce of something coming out of the ground. It speaks of might and strength. It speaks of all these things. It speaks of, of, of mighty deeds. It speaks of signs and wonders. But this word is a, it comes up and it means chameleon. And I felt like the Lord was saying, we don't realize what's happening all around us because we can't see him because he's a chameleon sometimes. Oh, come on. The power of God can be like a chameleon. Sometimes we don't acknowledge. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes we don't see that he's all around us. Sometimes we don't realize that he's all around us. And I'm telling you, there's something that has to come into our mindsets that we, as we're remembering the Lord, as you remember him, as you, as you acknowledge him in all your ways, as you don't forget the good things that he's done for you, as you, as you continue to, to heed the word of the Lord in your life and know he's been with you step by step, walk by walk, alley by alley, everywhere you've gone, he's been with you, but you have to remember that he's always always all around you. It goes to that thing where we, we feel like we're not discerning, like there's angels in this room right now that you're not discerning. Why? Because they're chameleons. That's weird, I know. But they're blending in because we don't discern the spiritual realm so much. We don't, dis we don't discern even the Holy Spirit bubbling up inside of us most of the time. We don't understand. Sometimes you're like, I'm dry. Ain't nothing happening here. And, and the Holy Ghost is alive inside of you saying, come on, let me out. 
And because we don't discern that the, that the power of God is inside of us, that the power of who he is is inside of us, that he's not hiding from anything. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. He's just looking for a moment where he can change color. Come on. I'm telling you, there's, there's a time where he can pop out of nowhere. I, it's funny because we, we, got the, we were down in Florida with those lizards, whatever they are, the geckos or whatever they are, right? They, they just go brown. You can't see them. And then they, you know, they, all of a sudden they change when they go to the next place. So that's, I, I'm telling you, I feel like the Holy Spirit is like that. He doesn't, you don't always discern that he's there. Well, that's not God. How do you know? He may look like something completely different than you think. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God wants us to be in this place where we're discerning, where we're grabbing hold of, and we, we, we're, we're so, ready, not so dull. The Lord wants us to be really full and really engaged so that we're not dull, we're not dry. I know sometimes you just say, believe me, I've been in dry seasons. I'm kind of in the middle of a dry season, to be honest. There's a grace when I get up here. I'm just being honest. There's a grace when I get up here. Sometimes I can pray and pray and pray, and it's like, you'll show up someday. No, he's in the room with me. The Holy Spirit's inside of me. He's around me. He's all around you. And I'm telling you, the way that we understand, and the, you want to prosper in, in heavenly things, we have to just come into this place where I discern, God, I thank you for the experiences I had last week. I thank you for how I've engaged you last week. Come on, pull yourself out of a dry place. Come on, with me. Come on. Seriously, because I, sometimes it's just like, you know, you sit, I've been in bed sick, right? I think of you. I was thinking, of, I've been homesick, and I don't feel like nothing, like ain't nothing going on here. Oh, the blood of Jesus, where is it? Come on. Huh? No. But at times that I've been sick, oh, stop. I need an editing machine. It doesn't fix the video, though. So the Spirit of God wants us to live in that place where we're discerning and grabbing hold and grabbing hold of who he is and, and knowing that he's right there all the time. He's right there all the time. How can I say this? Because I've been in meetings where I felt the Holy Spirit like all around me. I've felt angels next to me, angelic beings. But now right now, that doesn't mean that there's not an angelic being right here. It doesn't mean that Jesus is not in the room right now. Because we know that he is. We come to church. We come to meetings all the time. Like waiting for the, the crescendo time at the altar when something's going to happen. Jesus is here. He's already doing things. The Lord is here. He's already doing things. And so we have to break away from thinking. Come on. Thinking. That just because I don't feel something, ain't nothing happening. He wants us to discern who he is. He wants us to grab hold and understand that he is the only one adequate. <laughs> Come on. 
He's the only one that's adequate. He, he's the one that is living and moving in the room. He's the one that, that, that is looking for those who are, who are discerning what he's doing at the moment. And so I just want, when we look at this scripture, I just feel like you shall remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you power. He gives you power. He gives you power. He gives you the understanding that he's right there. He's with you. He's doing what you need. He's doing the things that you can't do. He's just already moving in the, in the atmosphere. He's already doing things, right? But he wants you to remember, and then he says he gives you the power to get wealth. And actually, that word get wealth is the same as power. <laughs> Tricked you. Right? Because he, he's the one that gives you power to get the juice. To get the anointing. Where does wealth come from? It comes from the anointing. Where does favor come from? It comes from the anointing. Where does the fire of God come from? It comes from the anointing on your life. And so there has to be this place where we come into alignment and realize that when he's saying, wealth is coming. Come on, how many want wealth? We want wealth. I want wealth. I want, Lord, I need downloads so I make the right decisions with what I've invested in so that it just explodes. What, you don't think he could do that? Of course he can do that. I'm just checking the room. I'm checking this side of the room. He's going to get, <laughs> no, I, I really believe that the Lord wants to give us discernment so that you can see things before they happen. How is this supposed to be a transfer of wealth? How is this supposed to be a transfer of wealth unless the church becomes really, really sharp? Crickets, I hear them. The Holy Spirit has been put inside of you to make you really wise. That you have so much power inside of you to discern what's about to happen next, even in the world markets. Even with what you're about to, I'm just talking about investments, right? Even to what you're about to step into in, in a missions plan. Like God has some place he wants you to go. Or he has doors that he wants, he's opening for you. And where are the ones that you need to walk through? You walk through the ones that are open, yeah. But God's going to give you specific things that begin to open, that begin to bring favor, bring blessing, bring the overtaking of that blessing on your life. And he wants you to be wise and put the right people around you because there are some people that cannot walk with you to the place that you're called to. Oh, that's a good one. There are people. There are people. There are people that will be able to go with you. You just need to be able to discern who the right people are. And so there are so many things that the Lord is trying to raise the church up in. Can I tell you this? Because I, I had this, like, wild encounter 
with the Lord not too long ago. And he just, I was like, God, what is this? What is this? What is this? And I was at the table with him. I was at the table. It wasn't a banqueting table. We weren't eating. It was none of that. There was strategies and there was battle plans. And there was all kinds of strategies across the table. And there wasn't many people sitting at the table. And it was a big table that the Lord is calling people to. Are you hearing me? It was a strategic table where God is about to like release end time understanding and and give us end time like what we need what the goods that we need the discernment we need all the th- and I'm talking about goods and discernment it's I'm not talking about money tonight at all really I was talking about investments but what are we investing in the kingdom what and I'm telling you this table was as long as this room and I saw a few people that were at that table but there wasn't many people at the table So what does that mean? That means, like he always says, we, he calls many, but few are chosen. Right? So God's calling us. There's an, always an invitation to go to this place where what? That, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to our forefathers. He called it a, an Abrahamic covenant. That means that there is no lack in Jesus Christ. That means that when God is saying, I'm calling you to establish, to really, to confirm and reaffirm and tell you again what I'm about to do in the earth, I'm going to show you if you would just get, take a moment and hear what I have to say. Because the table begins to, is the place where he wants to unravel the things on the earth for the church. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this is strategic because God is looking for a, a church, the ecclesia, the governmental assignment on the church is that we govern in the earth. I do believe in, in a kingdom church that begins to rise up until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ when everything is set into order in the earth. And it may, get, it may look like hell, How many knows he's going to sustain the church anyway? He's going to sustain the church anyway. He's going to begin to open up things into the church anyway. You think we're always going to have a nice 501c3? I wouldn't bet on it if we can make it through four years without it. Oh, I'm serious. So that means we better begin to pray and say, God, I'm pulling on the resources of heaven. Not, so, not only so I can feed my family, but so that we can resource the kingdom in the earth in this hour. Are you hearing me? But who will do that? Who will do that? Who will begin to step into that place where God begins to release resources and strategies and function? Come on function in the body that begins to unlock things that have been locked up for ages. Oh, man. I wasn't going to go here, but I'll go. Revelation chapter 22. My third epistle. Get there. Come on, new Bible, but it's
I'm good for time, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Revelation 22, last, last, last chapter of the book. How many think it's important? Come on, he is the beginning and he is the end. He shows a river of life, pure, pure water, clear crystal flowing from the throne. Begins to flow with healing to the nations, right? Come on, God's strategy is to heal the nations. Not that death and destruction would come, but healing would come. Come on, not that, not that you know, there may be judgment, but healing will come. I know we don't like judgment and healing, but it's, it's come on. God's going to do something in the earth that we don't understand. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. Hey, I, I'm telling you, I need to be taking captive every thought that doesn't line with the Holy Spirit, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. I need to take captive of those things. It says, verse 4, they shall see his face and his name shall be on their forehead. That means you are marked by God, marked by heaven. How many know that there's favor on your life if you're marked by God? Yeah. And so they shall be no light, but only the glory of God, right? The glory of God is going to begin to emanate. And I know we're talking about heaven, and I know it's talking about a millennial thing, and we don't understand what it fully means, but I'm telling you there's going to be a glory on the earth in the days to come that is going to illuminate things that look really dark. And when God shows up, it's going to brighten up. It's going to wake up. It's going to turn ablaze to everything that's been sleeping, everything that looks gray, everything that looks lifeless. God is going to begin to show up, and with his glory, he's going to bring, bring amazing life. And that flow that comes from the throne, it comes from the place of God. It comes from his very heart. It's going to flow through you. It's going to flow through, the, through you to the nations, and it's going to bring life, and life abundant, right? It's that blessing of the Lord that overtakes the church, and it will not stop until he gets his way. Oh, I'm telling you, until he gets his way, it will not stop. And then, then it says this. I'm going to jump over to verse 6. It says, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must, take, must shortly take place. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the, of the prophecy of this book, and now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard, I saw and fell down and worshiped before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And he said, see that you don't do that. For I'm your, I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets. Now stop there for one second. I'm your fellow servant and I'm a brother of the prophets. Have you ever seen that before? I'm telling you that angels are about to come into complete partnership with the body and, and the, prof, the prophetic movement. The angelic is about to do that. I'm telling you, this is, this is, this is what I, I believe. And, and, and of those who keep the words of this book, that means every person who keeps the word, everyone who walks in obedience, what? Begins to what? Move in power, begins to be... Come on, somebody. This is... Be, those who what? Remember the Lord your God. He who gives you power to get wealth and may establish his covenant in the earth. This is back at the beginning. Now we're at the end. I fell down to worship before the Lord. Then it says this. Do not 
He said to me, do not seal the words of this prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Now before with Daniel, let me just stop. With Daniel and even previously in this book, chapter 5 I believe it is, he says, seal up the words, it's not for this time. Listen, we are living in a time where God's opened up the books so that we can walk. The only one worthy, the only one worthy to open up the seals and to open up the books is Jesus. The only one who's worthy. And so we better, we better ask ourselves, where are we in regards to where he is? And he's got a table and he's got the, the seals laid out. And here's the things that are about to take place in the earth. And are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Are you ready for what's about to take place? Because it's going to be awesome. I, I know you're thinking I was going to go gloom and doom with it, but it's going to be awesome because the harvest is going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so incredible that we're not even going to understand how the Lord does it because we're just going to line up with what he's saying in the earth right now. We're going to go to that place, and we are, come on, you are a prophetic generation. You are a holy priesthood that has been called to walk in this light and this beautiful glory that God's about to pour out in this hour. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, watch, watch what happens. It says, see that you do not, that you don't do that. You don't worship the angels. We're not worshiping angels. We're not worshiping angels. But I'm telling you, angels, Angelic help is coming in this hour in such a powerful, profound way. And God wants us. Jesus worked with angels. The apostles worked with angels. God's going to use you to work with angels in the earth in this hour. And the Holy Spirit is going to use that to bring us into complete prosperity. That means God is going to prosper all the things that we do. Abundance. Abundance supply. It's not going to move. It's not going to go away from you. Because why? Because you're going to obey what the Lord has spoken. You're going to obey what the Lord has spoken. It says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He's looking like there are going to be people who are going to choose, and there are going to be people who don't choose. Right? And he says, he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him... Let him be holy still. Jesus testifies and said, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I know we don't like works talk, but there is something that the Lord is doing. He's taking an account of how the church is lining up and doing and obeying what he's saying in this hour. And that just comes out of this amazing love walk that you have with him. Because you love him so much, you'll just do whatever he says. Because you've fallen so in love with him, you're going to do whatever he says. Because you're just crazy enough to believe what he says. And you'll just absolutely access all the things that he has for you in this hour. What am I saying? I am saying at this point, do not hold back what the Lord is giving to you. I am telling you, God is looking for complete obedience. Complete obedience. And the waves of his presence and his glory are coming in such a profound way that we need to just sit and wait and watch. And he says, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, I am the beginning and the end. He knows the beginning from the end. And so we cannot be deterred. Listen, your thought life, get a hold of it. No, seriously. There are not people talking about you. There are not people thinking bad thoughts about you. Not in this place. Come on, your brothers and your sisters, they love you. Are you hearing me? 
that there's, there's, there's something that the Lord is trying to break off of the entire body of Christ. That's all this negative thinking so that we can walk in this flow of God that is just unhindered. Un, there is nothing. There's no gates in the way. The angels are already opening the gates. Remember Peter. Remember Peter, he was released from prison because of angelic help. There's nothing more binding you up. All of heaven is here to help you do what you need to do. All of heaven. All of heaven. As you walk, ready? And you shall remember what God has done in the past. And you shall remember all the amazing things he's done. And you shall remember every single testimony, every person you saw healed, every time you got healed, whatever it looks like. God is with you. I'm promising you that. And then it says this, that you shall remember the Lord your God, where it is he, he who gives you power to get wealth, to get that place of prosperity flowing in your life. There's an overflow of God's life inside of you. It's the wealth of God. It's the power of God. It is the power of God. It's flowing and moving in you, and there's nothing that will ever hinder it. Unless you cut off the supply line. Come on. Obedience opens the supply line. Obedience, just doing what he's told you to do and coming into, come on, and there, there is such, there's such power on relationship and, ga and gathering together and running together in community and watching what God does in that, in that realm. I'm telling you, being connected to one another and not, and not even just here, with, with the entire body, because I know the enemy is trying to just trying to bring division and racism and all the crazy stuff that's going on. I'm telling you right now, God is about to crush that stuff right under his feet. He's about to break the neck of everything that brings division. He's about to just slay it. I don't care if it starts here. I don't care where it starts. I know it. I know in my bones that actually we are called to be those that reconcile and break the neck of anything that is not of God. Listen, when I, when I, when I come into thinking about all the things that can divide us, I I just, I just get God. Let the glory flow. If the glory would just flow, if the, if the power would, if we would just release your glory and your presence, and we wouldn't think and get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught in the snare that tries to pull you into that meditation. Come on, let the meditation of your heart be on Him. Let your met the meditation of your heart be upon the glory of God. And therefore, the, the covenant that he's already promised will come flowing at you. You won't be able to get run over by it. It's he who gives power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant. Which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. 
I'm telling you, just get ready for what God's about to do. And it comes by just allowing him full access to your heart. Full access to your heart. God, I don't want to be hindered by anything. Come on, he's just going to begin to flow in, his, in the glory right now. The Lord is just going to begin to flow and open up some things right now in the glory for us right now. I believe that. Just stand with me. Come on, let's just engage with the Lord for a minute. going to just challenge everyone. I know everyone in here, including myself, I get like, God, where am I missing? Where am I? And not over, not over introspection and not condemning yourself, but you say, God, where am I missing? Where I'm, I might be shying from obedience. Out of, just out of, not out of complete disobedience but out of almost a fear like God I, I, I'm, I'm hindering some things and I feel like the Lord is going to take care of that stuff tonight I do I feel like the Lord is going to just pull that right off of people tonight and so I just believe that his hand is coming in such a way and I do I go back to the table the Lord is calling people to the table it's a place where he wants to release divine strategy and, and, and divine knowledge. And in 2008, when I had this encounter with a, I believe it was a high-level angel, it was, it was, it was, I was challenged because my brain could not deal with all of God, all of what God was downloading. So here I am, going into 2022 saying, God, there's more in what we experience than what we take out the first time. Do you understand? When God engages with you, when God touches you, when God begins to move upon you and you encounter him, he's got more things that he wants to unravel and show you. But because of our heart perspective or wherever we were, and again, it's not in condemnation. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But he's saying, listen, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying in this hour. Listen to what I'm about to do and respond to me. And I'm about to release a super abundance of wisdom, power, revelation, and knowledge. And that is the wealth of the kingdom that we want. Because if we have that, everything else will flourish. I promise you everything else will, fl will flourish. So we're just going to ask the Lord for that tonight, okay? just ask him for it, that he'd come 
Let's just lift our hands. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we're more and more dependent upon you every day. We just give our lives completely over. We give our lives completely over to you. Lord, we thank you for the covenants that have been spoken, that all through Scripture are given to us. And Lord, we step into, first of all, the, the new covenant. You are the blood that set us free, that saved us, that brought all wealth and all, all the, the goodness of God, all the, everything that we need, Father, is found in you. But we thank you for everything else that's been established through your covenantal promises throughout the word. And we thank you, Father, for what you're about to do in the earth in this hour. Lord, would you release higher, greater, wider. God, we thank you. We step into the realm of the Spirit right now. We step into heavenly places. And we take every thought captive. We take every thought captive. Lord, we step in to the things that you're speaking right now. Lord, would you overtake us right now in these moments? Would you overtake us with this right now in these moments? All you're going to do right now is you're going to step into the abundant overflow. Just move into it and move forward into it. I promise you, it's going to be good. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We're stepping into it right now. We're stepping right into the abundant overflow. Stepping into revelation knowledge. Stepping into the things that you've called us to. We're stepping into the new things we don't even discern yet. We're stepping into it right now. Let the fresh oil of your presence just come. Yeah, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.